Welcome to Study Isaiah, the podcast in which we examine the language, context, and meaning of the book of Isaiah with Dr. Paul Wegner. I'm Tyler Sanders. Across from me is Paul Wegner, who's going to tell us the Hebrew word of the day. Oh, and I have an unusual one for you. Oh, even better. Yeah, okay. It's to fast. Okay. Som. But what's funny... Can we say that again? Som. 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 It's kind of a T at the beginning. A T-Z. T-Z. Som. Okay. But what's what's interesting is you, we know what fasting is, right? So I, I even got a definition here. Fasting is essentially giving up some food or something else for a period of time in order to focus your thoughts on God. See, that's what we all think fasting is. But in the book of Isaiah, he talks about a different kind of fasting, one that pleases God, unlike the ones they were doing, because they were actually hmm. doing the fasting like this yeah. and God saying, I'm not happy with the fasting you're doing. So here's what he says. Why have we fasted? This is them talking to God. Why have we fasted and thou dost not see? Why have we humbled ourselves and thou dost not notice? Behold, on the day of your fast, you find your desire and drive hard all your workers. Behold, your fast is for contention and strife and to strife with a uh, wicked fist. Do you not fast like you do today to make your voice heard on high? Is this not the uh, fast which I choose to loosen the bonds of wickedness, to undo the bands of the yoke and to let the oppressed go free and break every yoke? Is it not to divide your bread with the hungry and to bring the homeless poor to the house? And uh, when you see the naked to cover him and not hide yourself from your own flesh. So he's saying, wow, if this, if the fasting doesn't do any good, then it's not the fasting that pleases me. This fasting is supposed to humble yourself so that you're mm. willing to do these kind of things for other people. And so, interesting. I, yeah, it was interesting. So, yeah. so they were doing the fasting of not eating the food and stuff like that. But God's saying, I'm not even happy with that. That's this because is the one I want. Put your actions behind it. Yeah. So I thought that's that was, very interesting. Yeah. So I thought it was interesting. It's it's not what we expected to hear uh, on the word. We know what the word fasting means, but it's almost like Isaiah gave them a totally different meaning for it because they weren't doing it right. So, okay, let me ask you then. Yeah. So with this version of fasting, is it I'm giving something up to have more time to do these kind of things or I'm giving something up to kind of fix my, fix something internally so that I start doing that, start doing I, these things. I think things. it's that second one. It's, it's a change in their heart attitude yeah. so that they're going to want to do it, of, wow. of pleasing God more. Yeah. That's very interesting. Yeah. I thought that was an interesting word of the day to yeah. help us kind of understand it better. So, so yeah, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I've got it. I've got that one down. <laughs> All right. Okay. Into the Here, text. Here's where we are. All right. We are, we, we are in the last section of the book of Isaiah. So we are, and remember we talked about these all being nine chapters, 40 through 48 is nine chapters, 49 yeah. through 57 is yeah. nine. And then this is our last nine. And so once again, I haven't found a palistrophe here. So just, <laughs> just to make sure I don't find them everywhere. We're done with palistrophes uh, yeah. for a little while. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> but what I did find is that it, it's almost like a building. Remember, we've talked about after we got done with the uh, Four Servant song, things seem to change in the book. He now starts offering this salvation to people and telling him what true repentance is. Well, now he's going to do the kind of the same thing. He's going to explain what true repentance is, and then he's going to talk about the deliverance he's going to bring. So we've got that. And we wanted to get to like uh, probably uh, chapter 60 or 61 today. Okay. So we're we're trying to get about halfway through our, our big section here. Okay. Okay? Yeah. All right. Well, let's start at 58. 58. Okay. And, and it's a call for true repentance. 
it's going to sound funny at first because it almost makes it sound like they're doing what they're supposed to and God's not pleased with them. Hmm. Well, it's because it's all show. They're doing what they claim God wants, but it's not affecting them. So let me yeah. just show you what it is. Um, I'm going to start at verse two of chapter 58. Yet they seek me day by day and delight to know my ways as a nation that has done righteousness and has not forgotten the ordinance of their God. They ask me for just decisions. They delight in the nearness of God. See, that's all the show part of it. Yeah. It makes it look like they're doing really well. But now look at why in their responses, why have we fasted and you not see? Why have we humbled ourselves and you do not notice? Behold, on the day of your fast, you fast, uh, you find your desire. You drive uh, hard all your workers. Behold, your fast is for contention and for strife and for strife with a wicked fist. So that was that passage we had just read. Yeah. But now it's showing like the context. The yeah. context was they're, they're making everything look like they're really good. And God says, but it's not. Look to the inside mm. and everything's wrong. Yeah. You're driving your workers hard. You're you're not caring about them. You do, you're do. you fasting for contention and and striking with a fist. So it's, it's this hasn't changed your life at all. It's interesting. <laughs> That's actually a really good defense, I think, of what you said earlier, that good fasting should lead to good action. Because here yeah. it's connecting it. To, you're fasting for contention and yeah. strife. Yeah. You're, I mean, that's bad fasting yeah it's never going at all purpose, is you know yeah. yeah okay and then verse five yeah is it a fast like this which i choose a day for man to humble himself is it not a bowing one's head like a reed and a spreading out of sackcloth and ashes as a bed will you call this a fast even as an acceptable day to the lord is it not the fast which i choose to loosen the bonds of wickedness to undo the bands of the yoke to let the oppressed go free and to break every yoke is it not to divide your bread with the hungry and to bring the homeless poor into your house when you see him naked to cover him? Do not hide yourself from your own flesh. Then your light will break out like dawn and your recovery speedily spring forth. Your righteousness, she will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guide. So do you see what happened just change? Hmm. If you do these things right, yeah. God's gonna bless them. Yeah. So that's basically what he's saying here. Um, uh, then you will call and the Lord will answer. Verse nine, then you will call. He will say, here I am. If you remove the, the yoke from your midst and the pointing of the finger and the speaking of wickedness, if you give yourself to the hungry and satisfy the desire of the afflicted, then your light will rise in darkness and your gloom will become like midday. The Lord will continually guide you and satisfy your desire in scorched places and give strength to your bones. So, so notice he's, he's actually saying, if you guys do it right, then I will hear. Yeah. But you, you've been doing it wrong, so I haven't heard. Yeah. So, so I called this a call for true repentance because it's it's actually trying to get them to change their ways. And yeah. and remember, this can happen now that we've got the the servant coming who's going to yeah. change lives because of forgiving their sins and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. So I think this is all built upon that. Now they can actually have true repentance. Right. So I think that's kind of neat. Yeah, that's very neat. Yeah. All right. Starting at verse 10, there we it started talking about all the blessings that he's going to have yep. for those who are, are truly repentant. Look at the second part, part 11. You will be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose water does not fail. Mm. Remember, they're in, they're in yeah. a dry climate. So uh, having a, a spring that would never fail would be yeah. a, a beautiful image for them. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. And then now verse 12, those from whom you will rebuild ancient ruins, you will rise up the old ancient fortifications. You will be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of the streets in which you dwell. I, I think that's interesting. You'll be called the restorer of the breach. Mm. A breach is a break in the wall, right? Yeah. He's now restoring, they're restoring it. So I assume that means that, that when restoration starts happening, they're going to be the ones that are actually fixing it because mm. they've got the right heart attitude. Right. So it actually is kind of neat, I think. Yeah. yeah. Now, I think what's also, uh, we're going to the next section. Uh, we're still in this chapter, but look what, look what it did. It's going gonna, it's gonna to go back to talking about the Sabbath. Remember, he had mentioned that uh, obedience uh, was to keep the Sabbath hmm. and stuff like that. And you're thinking, well, why is Sabbath so important? Hmm. Now, remember, they're coming back from exile. And in the exile, they, they, they could keep the Sabbath, but not they couldn't do it the way God desired right. with a, a, right. going to the temple and worshiping God yeah. and doing it there. They just didn't have the temple when they were in exile. Now they, they can. They can come back. Now they can do it. So I think that's why he keeps bringing it up. I've told you how to do it right. Now you've got a chance to do it. So demonstrate yeah. your obedience to me by doing it correctly. Yeah. So I think that's it. Yeah. All right. So look at verse 13. If because of the Sabbath, you turn your foot from doing your own pleasure on my holy day and call a Sabbath a delight and the holy day of the Lord honorable, honor it, desisting from all your own ways, from seeking your own pleasure and seeking your own word, then you will take delight in the Lord, and I will make you ride on the heights of the of the earth, and I will feed you with the heritage of Jacob your father, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. So notice what he's he's getting at. If you're doing it correctly, mean so it's you're not doing it just to be showing other people that you're doing it, but yeah. you're doing it to honor me then I'll bless you. And then yeah. you're doing it properly. Right. So he just talked about two things. He talked about first fasting properly. And yeah. now he's talking about doing the Sabbath properly. Yeah. So that's why I, I think they're both connected in this chapter because it's showing how to do it correctly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so that's, that's chapter 40 or 58. It makes some sense too, because it's now we're heading up to, uh, you know, almost to a climax that God's going to make a new heaven and a new earth. Mm. Well, this is all leading up to that. So yeah. now we're getting the people restored so that they're acting properly. Yeah. And then we can actually start doing the Moving restoring. Moving towards that. Yeah. Right. Right. Does that makes sense? Yeah. All right. So now we go to our next one. Chapter 59. All right. Um, God will bring deliverance. So now that the, now that we've got this true repentance happening and they're doing it like they're supposed to, then he can bring true repentance. Which and, he's already bring said. Deliverance. Yeah. What yeah. he's going to do. Yeah. Yeah we've, yeah. we've seen this multiple times, but yeah. now it's just highlighting here, it again. Yeah. 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 I, I think that's one hard thing about Isaiah is it repeats stuff so many times, but I think it's so that they get it. Yeah. Right. Right. Because they often didn't listen. So I think he had to repeat things like this often. And, I, and I'm, not all, I'm not exactly sure how the book was put together. Possibly hmm. these were um, multiple sermons or oracles over multiple time periods. And now he's pulling them together into yeah. this structure. Yeah, right. So, right. so it sounds like we're doing a lot of repeat, but it's probably because it's a message that he gave over all his life. And, he's, and now he's bringing them together so it makes sense to yeah. the people. All right. I think a key is at this verse, uh, chapter 59, verse one. Okay. Okay. Behold, the Lord's hand is not so short that it cannot save, nor his ear so dull that it cannot hear. I think that's the response to them 
earlier saying, well, how come I've been doing all this fasting yeah. and you didn't see? You didn't hear me. Yeah. yeah. And I think the response is, hey, I heard you. You just yeah. didn't, weren't doing <laughs> yeah. it right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I think actually for, uh, this first verse is like a key to the response they they had offered to God and said, man, you're not listening to us. I think yeah. he's saying, I heard every word of it. I've watched you right. and every all of this. Right. So my hand's not so short to do it. The reason I can't do it is because you're there's sin in your lives. Yeah. Okay. All right. Now verse now it'll explain that some more. So when we ver look at verse two, but your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God, and your sins have hidden your his face from you, so that he does not hear. For your hands are defiled with blood, and your fingers with iniquity. Your lips have spoken falsehood. Your tongue mutters wickedness. No one sues righteously, and no one pleads honestly. They trust in confusion and speak lies. They conceive mischief and bring it forth. They hatch adder's eggs and weave the spider's web. Who eats their eggs and dies, and which is crushed, a snake breaks forth. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting. I think what it's saying is, here's the sin that you guys have been doing, and in actual fact, it's all right there. He actually lays yeah. it out. So, so you guys thought you were obeying me by by you know the early verse. It sounded like they were seeking the Lord. They were yeah. doing everything He asked. In actual fact, they're not. And He's He's pointing that out. Yeah, I think it's interesting. Notice it says, "And your hands are defiled with blood." That's not the first time He said no, that. Remember? That's right. That's In chapter right. one, He had talked about their hands yeah. are full of blood, so He doesn't hear them. Yeah, and I actually think it it could be. I mean, it could be their sacrifices. You know, they're full of sacrifices, yeah. but they're not doing them properly. Yeah. But I think what it might be more is they're ripping off the poor people right. who are dying. And the, so God's holding them responsible for the blood yeah. on their hands. Yeah. So I think it's even more of that. Yeah. All right. I, I thought it was interesting uh, when it talks about they hatch adder's eggs and they weave spider webs. Yeah. Yeah. So th those are their their. Uh, sins to catch other people in. So it's because it said it eats the eggs and they die, yeah. or they get caught in these webs. Yeah. So I think it's it's their sins yeah. that are that are like snagging people and getting them in in further sin. Yeah. So I thought that was an in, in, interesting way to to actually talk about it. Yeah. All right. I hate snakes too. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Look at verse nine. So we're we're in chapter. Uh, chapter 59, verse 9. Mm -hmm. Therefore, justice is far from us, and righteousness does not overtake us. We hope for light, but behold darkness, for brightness, but we walk in gloom. We grope along the wall like blind men. We grope like those who have no eyes. Now, let me just stop there. Notice it's talking about us. Mm -hmm. And it's and he's, and he's actually saying almost the same thing as God's saying about him. So what I think this is, is this is they're finally getting that they're actually not what God, they're yeah. not doing what pleases God. Yeah. And so I think they're finally getting it. So I, I call this the need for confection. It's explaining all the things that God had just told them they'd been doing and now they get it. Yeah, it's in their voice. Yeah. yeah. So I thought that was interesting. All right. We stumble at midday in the twilight. We are like those who are vigorous. We are like dead men. All of us growl like bears and mourn sadly like doves. Uh, we hope for justice, but there's none for salvation, but is far from us. For our iniquities are multiplied before you and our sins testify against us. For our transgressions are with us and we know our iniquities, transgressing and denying the Lord and turning away from our God, speaking oppression and revolt. So you can actually see it's going right through and saying how bad they are. And yeah. so I think it's it's, they actually are starting to get it. Right. So I think that's repentance starting to happen. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. Now look at look at the second part of verse 15. So after it gets all the way through talking about how bad they are, look what it says. Now the Lord saw, and it was displeasing in his sight, that there was no justice. He saw that there was no man who was astonished, that there was no one to intercede. Uh, then his own arm brought uh, salvation to him, and his righteousness upheld him. Do you remember, I told you before these uh, servant songs, often you'd have like an introduction that would say, I looked around the nation and I couldn't find anybody. Yeah. And, but it never did say, I'm going to step in and do it. it but it, it did have a servant song that came yeah. later. I think that this is what is, is almost like an explanation of what God's going to do. So in the past, he, he, he looked around, couldn't find anyone. So now he's going to do it. I think that's exactly what happened when he when in these servant songs, when he, mm. these introductions were, I looked around, couldn't find one, anyone, so I'm going to bring this servant. Yeah, and so I think I think it matches that. Only this time, God's going to do it Himself. Yeah, and and when it says, uh, then His own arm brought salvation, salvation. to Him. Yeah. yeah, so I think it's interesting. Now we've got here a a very clear message that God's going to be the one that does it. That that lets me know. These guys had gotten so far hooked into their sin that if God hadn't stepped in, mm. they'd still be wandering in it. Yeah. In my Sunday school class, uh, we're talking about chapter six of, of Hebrews, mm. where where it's real close to that idea oh, yeah. of yeah. okay, who's uh, how does it work? You know, is God the one that brings salvation, or do men turn to God and yeah, then yeah. bring? So it's it's dealing with that issue. I think this is another case where it's kind of dealing with that issue. Mm. Men is so caught in their sins that unless God comes and gets them out of it, they're never going to get out. So I think right. this is showing, even from the Old Testament, how if God didn't do the deliverance, it's not going to happen. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. That's good. Yeah. 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 Okay. Let's keep going. So I'm. I'm. We've kind of worked through. Uh, you've separated yourselves from God. Mm -hmm. Even Isaiah, it seems like he's a witness. I think that's where it gets into about verse 15 when mm -hmm. it says, "Now the Lord saw that it was displeasing in His sight that there was no justice." Yeah. This, this is actually uh, Isaiah talking what God's going to do. Yeah. So he sees it. Okay. Uh, so he's witnesses, and then I. I think uh, the next part is that God's going to bring His own deliverance with his own strong arm you know his right arm yeah. is his strong one yeah. okay all right it's an image <laughs> yeah right. all right verse 17 he he put on uh, righteousness like a breastplate and a helmet of salvation on his head and he put on garments of vengeance for his clothing that's kind of interesting yeah uh, god, yeah. god 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 can be vengeful when he has to yeah when sin has so corrupted people's life he steps in and it offends him that they are so corrupt and mm. so wicked. And and so he actually is stepping in to fix it. Yeah. So, okay, interesting. Uh, according to their deeds, so he is re so he will repay. Uh, wrath to his adversaries, recompense to his enemies, to the coastlands he will make rec recompense. So they will fear and name the Lord from the West uh, and his glory will be from the rising of the sun. For he will come like a rushing stream, which the wind uh, the wind of the Lord drives. A redeemer will come to Zion, and those who turn from transgression uh, in Jacob declares the Lord. Now I want to stop there for a minute, but do you see what he's saying? Here's God in vengeance coming against the wicked. You know that is a that is a concept that 
people today just don't understand. Mm. Why would God be so upset with wickedness? And I think it's because of what it does in people's lives. You know, here's he's brought he's brought a beautiful world. He's mm. made mankind on it that are that are have everything they need, and we've corrupted it and turned against him and been so blatant against God that now he has to step in and correct all that. So he's he's even being vengeful on them in the sense that they are so corrupt that that he has to step in and, and yeah. actually punish. Yeah. So so that's that's not a message that people to- tolerate very well today. Yeah. Yeah. But Isaiah is telling us that's what's going to happen. Yeah. And my guess is that this is talking about a future time of vengeance when God will correct all the wickedness that's in this world. Mm. So I think that's what it's doing. It's talking about this time when we now got this servant coming. We know that he's going to deliver and then now God's going to say now there's going to need to be true repentance and I'm going to step in and deliver you. So yeah. it seems like we got a progression here. So we've talked about a redeemer coming to Zion. Mm-hmm. Okay, now look at verse 21. As for me, this is my covenant with them, says the Lord. So the first person is obviously is God, right? Yeah, right? Okay, and and even my translation is capitalized. So it was actually quite easy to see who it is. Yeah. Okay, my spirit, which is upon you, that singular you, mm-hmm. uh, and my words, which I have put in your mouth, shall not depart from from your mouth, nor from the mouth of your offspring, nor from the mouth of your offspring's offspring, says the Lord, from now and forever. All are singular. So who's the you we're talking about? That's a good question. Yeah. I mean, it seems like it could be Isaiah. I, I think mean, that's who it is, a person, actually. One person. But if it is Isaiah, and I agree, I actually think it's Isaiah too. But then why does he say, uh, he's not going to depart from your mouth? Okay, that makes sense. Okay, he's going to follow God's word and stuff like that. Nor from the mouth of your offspring, nor from the mouth of the your offspring's offspring. So, mm-hmm. so why is he saying Isaiah's offspring are going to be obedient to God all the way down and from forever. now until forever? Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah. I think it's because... Here's my answer. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's because Isaiah is a remnant, right? Part of the remnant. Mm. So I think what he's getting at is that if Isaiah's being obedient to God, he, he's part of that remnant and Isaiah's offspring are going to be part of that remnant. Mm. So I think it's talking about his spiritual offspring, not just his physical offspring. Okay. I think there'll be some that are his physical offspring, but I think it's going to be those who actually have God's obedience. You know, when it talks about uh, it's going to be in your mouth, I, yeah. I think what that means, they're going to be obedient to him and they're going to keep telling about his goodness and stuff right. like that. Right. So I actually think it's that Isaiah is a picture here of all the all the righteous remnant that's going to come after him. Yeah. And okay. from now until forever. Would you say it would be it would be too far like metaphorically for the you a singular you to refer to like the whole remnant? No, I, I think that, it could be. I think it can. Uh, so but I think, after Isaiah, kind of, yeah, yeah, following yeah. Isaiah, or, yeah. or he's kind of filling in that role. Yeah. What, what metaphorically I think, or something? What I think. People are going to probably argue this. You is is probably the nation of Israel. Yeah, and seeing it. Well, that's as, kind of what I was asking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, seeing it as a as a nation of Israel, but I think I, I think because it's you uh, singular. Yeah, uh, it, Isaiah can do that. He can actually refer yeah, yeah, yeah. to the nation of Israel in the singular. But we actually know. We, but but why is he why is he using the word you here? And I think it's mm. because Isaiah is the one standing for. The remnant that's coming yeah. after him that'll be obedient to him. I see. Okay. Yeah. I thought yeah. it was interesting because 
there's no doubt you know, prepositions in the in books are really important for us to figure out. Yeah. Remember we did that in that chapter 49 yeah. or 48, uh, 16, yeah. and it was really complicated to yeah, figure yeah, yeah. out who it was. Yeah. I think we've got an equally difficult one here to figure out, okay, who's the you? We know who the me is, says the Lord, that was obvious. But when it gets to the you, it's singular. And, and we haven't actually put... We haven't actually said anybody here yet, but when he says, I've put my words in your mouth, that suggests like it's talking about Isaiah because Isaiah has been obedient to declare his well, word. Well, he had a very specific calling story yeah, to do about that. his mouth. You yeah. Know? I mean, unclean lips that, you know, I mean like that, that would be a yeah. easy image to connect back to, I think. Yeah. So does that make sense? It seems yeah. like to me, it's more than just Isaiah, even yeah. though he seems to be the one that it's initially talking about. Yeah. But then he says, but, and all the offspring after you. Yeah. So, and we know it can't be true that every offspring of hmm. Isaiah is going to be obedient, right? I mean, true, yeah. it's pretty unlikely of that. Yeah. So it must be his spiritual offspring that are going to follow him and yeah. be obedient. Yeah. So I think that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, so I yeah. thought that was a good chapter, to, or at least a good verse to examine yeah, in detail. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right, we ready for the next section? Let's do it. All right, here's where God is, or Zion is gonna be glorified. Now, I think, I think we need to talk about this for a minute. Zion has always been a picture of God's people, mm. right? But I actually think it's got literal connections in Zion. Often he talks about Jerusalem, mm. which clearly is the capital of the city. Yeah. So I think what he's he's getting at here is that God is gonna use Isaiah to bring a remnant of Israel. That remnant of Israel is then also gonna bring a remnant of Gentiles, and they're all gonna come to Zion to worship God. Okay. So, I, so I think Zion becomes a picture of this kingdom of God that all the, and I think it's going to be made up of Israelites initially that are then going to bring Gentiles and then all of, uh, together, they're all yeah. going to come to God to worship him. Yeah. And, and we'll see that often, you know, we already saw it where um, nations are going to spring, uh, yeah. a stream to him. Do you remember that in chapter yeah. four? Yeah, yeah. So we've got passages that already suggest that, but I think now it's getting real clear. Zion is going to be the place where God's dwelling and all these nations are going to be coming to to worship him. So it's and, and that's it's, a future thing too. I think so. Kind of right. I think, it's like I think this it is the place yeah. we're headed. Yeah. yeah, yeah. At this point, I don't think we've seen this. Yeah. Um, I think it's still coming. I see. Yeah, yeah. 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 Now, I'm not the uh, one of the people that believes that that once God's done with Israel, He then starts working with the church, and there's really no promises left to Israel. Hmm. Seems like to me, this is suggesting no, there are promises to Israel but they're incorporated into that mm. uh, remnant that is believing, and that's how they're gonna be glorified. They're yeah. gonna go to Zion and be in a kingdom under the Messiah and right. under God. Right, right. Okay, okay let's look at chapter one. Uh, or chapter, chapter 60, 60, verse, verse one. one. <laughs> all, right. all the way back to Yeah, the yeah, end. that's all right. We're in trouble. <laughs> all right. Arise and shine, for your light has come. The glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness will cover the earth and deep darkness the people, but the Lord will rise upon you and his glory will appear upon you. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. So in the first three verses, he's kind of right, really just... Um, in a, in a picture way uh, form, because he's talked about the darkness of the earth, but the brightness that's coming yeah. to Zion. So, so he's talking about God 
dwelling there and bringing his people to Zion to rule over them. Yeah. So it's like a picture of his kingdom that's coming. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Lift your eyes around about and see. Uh, they all gather together. They all come to you. Your sons from afar and your daughters will be carried in your arms and you will see and be radiant and your heart will thrill and rejoice because of the abundance of the sea that will return to you. The wealth of the nations will come to you. So he's, he's basically using picture forms to tell hmm. what it's going to be like for them. So it's, it's like their daughters and their children are being yeah. brought to them. But when they come, they're bringing all the wealth of the nations with them. Right. So here is, right. a, is almost like a picture of the blessing that Zion is going to receive. Yeah by this wealth. Yeah. Okay. The next one, the multitude of camels will cover you. Your young cam camels from Midian and Ephra and those from Sheba will come. They will bring gold and frankincense. They will uh, bear good news for the praises of the Lord. All the flocks of Kedar will be gathered together. The rams of Nebioth uh, will minister to you. They will all go up in acceptance on your altar. So here he's now talking about flocks and herds and stuff like that being brought to them. And mm. notice that some of the flocks are going to be put on his altar to worship him. Yeah, right. Okay. So, yeah. so my guess is it's a picture of once again, of true repentance of Zion and all this wealth again that's being brought to him. Yeah. Okay. And then verse eight. It, well, it's the very last. And I shall glorify mm. my glorious house. Who are those who fly like clouds and like the doves to their lattice? Surely the coastlands will wait for me and the ships of Tarshish will come first to bring your sons from afar, their silver and their gold with them for the name of the Lord your God and for the Holy One of Israel because he has glorified you. So here they're being honored now because they're connected with God. Okay, mm. So in this time period when God's glorifying the nations, uh, everyone's coming to him and Israel is going to even be... It's a, it's a picture. At least Israel is going to be glorified because of their connection with Yahweh. But yeah. I don't think it's just Israel. I think it's also when he says their sons and daughters are going to be brought. Mm. If this is the believing remnant that we just talked about in yeah. the last chapter, yeah. then I think it's also their offspring that are coming from the Gentiles yeah. that will be coming to them. Right. Okay. So it's, right. it's broadening it. All yeah. right. Now, just to confirm that, look at verse 10 foreigners will build your walls and kings will minister to you for my wrath for in my wrath i struck you and in my favor i have had compassion on you see it, it goes back to that time of, of the, their punishment so that's yeah. why it still seems like it's connecting it to israel, israel right but as being an example they remember it talked about their sons are, and daughters are going to be more and after this this punishment than they yeah. ever were before, because yeah. they're now going to have a righteous remnant that also comes with them. Yeah. So I think that's incorporated into there. Okay. For your gates will be open continually. They will not be closed day or night so that men may bring to you the wealth of nations and their kings led in procession. So this is like a, a, a glorious picture of what Zion is going to be like when God's dwelling there. Yeah. Okay. For the nation and the kingdom, which uh, will not, serve you will perish and the nations will be utterly ruined and the glory of lebanon will come to you the juniper the box tree the cypress together to beautify the place of my sanctuary remember um when solomon was building his temple he brought places from lebanon hmm. he brought the cedars of lebanon as well as all the other yeah, right. good smelling things i think it's a picture of that it's saying hmm. just like solomon did it here now it's going to be even more in this yeah. future one 
Yeah. So it's giving you some kind of comparison. Solomon's was pretty good, but you right. wait until I see mine. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> All right. Uh, verse 14, the sons of those who afflicted you will come bowing down to you, and all those who despised you will bow themselves at the soles of your feet, and they will call, call you the city of the Lord, Zion, the Holy One of Israel. Hmm. So there's that's just, I think, just a heaping on, well, first of all, it's going to be nations that offended them before are now going to be praising them. Yeah. So I actually think that's pretty neat. They, yeah. I I think that's part of the justice that, remember, uh, mm. God here's coming in vengeance. He's coming on the wicked people, but he's also dis demonstrating his glory to the people who stuck with him yeah. all the way through that. So I think he's, he's saying, man, because you held out, I'm going to give you these blessings and you're going to be honored because of your connection with me. Mm. So I think that's kind of neat. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. All right. Verse 15 says, whereas you have been forsaken and hated and with no one passing through, I will make you an everlasting pride. So it goes back to remind them of what happened in the past. Yeah. But now everything's going to be different. A joy from generation to generation. You will also suck the milk of nations and suck the breasts of kings. Well, that, that doesn't make sense. That's right. got to be a metaphorical. Right? Right, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But what's it mean to suck the breasts of it? I'm assuming it means taking the wealth and yeah. all the good things that came from those nations. Now they're bringing them to Zion. Yeah, yeah. Okay? I mean, that fits what we've been seeing in uh -huh. the last couple of verses. Yep. Then you will know that I, uh, I, the Lord, am your Savior and your Redeemer, the Mighty One of Jacob. Notice it saying they've been through a lot of tough times, right? And they've been humiliated through the mm -hmm. past. But in actual fact, when this starts happening, then you're gonna know that my, that God has been with you. And then you're gonna know that the Lord is your savior. Mm. So it, I, I, think that's, I think that's important for both Israel and us to realize we might have it pretty hard on this earth. We may go through a lot of different things for God, mm. but someday it's all gonna be worth it. Yeah. Someday, we're gonna know that this Lord was on our side, even though we might be going through some pretty tough things now. Yeah. When we get to that future time period, then we're gonna know it was all worth it. Yeah. I think that's the, so that's not just Israel, the things. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. that's also that believing remnant that's gone through yeah. some tough things are also gonna feel it. Yeah. So I think that's good. Yeah. That's good news for us. It's very good news for us. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, then he's got some more Remember before he's bringing all these the mm. wealth and stuff. Yeah. Here's here's how he compone uh, he pictures it to let you know it's going to be a lot better. Look at verse seventeen. Yeah, instead I like of, this. Yeah. yeah, instead of bronze, I bring I will bring gold. Instead of iron, I will bring silver. Instead of wood, I'll bring bronze. Instead of stones, I'll bring iron. And I will make well. Let me just stop there. So you can see what he's doing. Yeah. He's saying just like you know, gold is pretty good. Bronze is pretty good. But yeah. he's saying. That All the was, stuff that was going to be yeah, bronze. And that was there. Yeah. You just wait till I show you. Now the gold's coming. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, it, so it's telling them about how much more blessing they're going to receive. Yeah. Okay. Then he says, so, so that's talking about great wealth or something like that. And, and I will make peace your administrators and righteousness your overseers. That's something I'm actually looking forward to because it yeah. seems like our rulers are so corrupt. One yeah. of these days, they're going to be righteous and they're going and to be peaceful. peaceful. Yeah. That's that's amazing. Yeah, Violence will not be heard again in your land, nor devastation or destruction within your borders, but you will call on the walls, uh, your walls salvation and your gates praise. No longer will you have a sun for light by day, nor the brightness will be the moon 
to give you light, but you will have the Lord for an everlasting light and your God will be your glory. Mm. Your sun will no longer set, nor will your moon wane, for you will have the Lord as an everlasting light. So not only, not only are things going to be different, but God's going to be in, in our presence. And so it uses the sun and, 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 and moon to tell just how, how much better it's going to be when God's giving the light yeah. and he's the one wherever his glory is radiating from him. Yeah. So it's giving us a little, little idea of that. Yeah. Okay. And the days of your mourning will be over. Then all your people will be righteous. They will possess the land forever and the branch of my planting, the work of my hands, that it may be glorified. The smallest one will become a clan. The least one will be a mighty nation. I, the Lord, will hasten its, it in its time. Hmm. So here, that whole chapter has now been a picture of this glory that's coming to Zion. Yeah. And I think it's really interesting because it's using images they would have known, but then just kind of blow them out of the water. Like, like yeah. here, instead of bronze, you're going to get gold. Right. Instead of wood, you're going to have stone. So, right. so everything that used to be okay, now is going to be magnified. Yeah. So, and then to, clap, to, to climax it, God's going to be there. Yeah. He's going to be your light. Yeah. So I think I think that's quite a chapter. It is, yeah, for sure, yeah. <laughs> now we've got a, a problem cuz we're going to go into the next chapter. Okay. And we're going to we're going to we just we almost got like a peak here. Yeah. And now it's going to it's going to drop us into a a chapter that we got to figure out who's it talking about again. So okay. and 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 it starts at beginning of chapter uh, chapter 51 we got this first person again. So remember we had that um yeah uh, we just went through before, that before yeah. uh where we had that first person oh and like in 59 the 59. last verse yep. we yeah, had yeah. to figure out okay who's it talking about. Yeah. Now it's going to do that to us again in 61. And then in in 62 it's going to do it again. Oh. So it's, <laughs> so so we we've got to figure it out and I assume that if we figure out who it is in 61 we'll be able yeah. to figure out who it is in 62. Two also. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. So let's see what we've got. We're still in this middle section. Yeah. Okay. This and, is all still connected. And yeah. we've just got through chapter uh, 60, which mm -hmm. explained how much Zion is going to be uh, glorified. Yeah. Okay. So that one, that was pretty clear. Yeah. Now we get to 62. And in these two verses, you're you're thrown into a dilemma as to who's who are we talking about? Yeah. All right. So the spirit of the, uh, the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the afflicted. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captive and freedom to the prisoners, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. Stop. Do you remember that's exactly the verse that Jesus quote, the, the yeah. verses that Jesus quotes right. in, in Luke four. Yeah. And then he stops right there. Yeah. Look what the next verse is, the next, or the next phrase the day of the vengeance of our God to comfort all those who mourn, to grant those who mourn in Zion. So it, it, it got to a place where it was all yeah. talking about good stuff and then he stops yeah. and you don't hear about the, the, the yeah, yeah. vengeance that God's gonna bring. I thought that was interesting. So, yeah. so Jesus stops right at that spot. Right. Okay, right. so let's see if we can figure it out. Um, now, wait, we know that Jesus says, today this has been fulfilled in your hearing. Yeah. So I'm not gonna say, Jesus didn't fulfill it. Yeah, yeah. Of course not. Yeah. But what did it mean initially? Who who did it refer to initially? Yeah. And, and I think initially, in, in my mind, it could be the remnant, mm -hmm. could be Isaiah. Once mm -hmm. again, they're they're singular. Yeah. So it could be Isaiah as the remnant. Yeah. Okay. Could be the nation of Israel. 
because God was using them to yeah. be. So, and they're always seemed to kind of like be a picture of the person God's working with, yeah. even though it, it, it almost has to be the believing Israel. Yeah, so yeah. it has to be the righteous remnant, I think. Yeah. All right. So, so the spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the afflicted. I've got to say, I think at least initially it's got to be Isaiah. It's it's him. And that's who it was earlier, yeah. I think. And so I think it is initially him. But I think when Jesus says, uh, there's another place where he says, John's uh, disciples come to him and say, hey, are you the Messiah or, or, or should we look for another one? He says, well, the blind are, are, are seeing, the lame are walking. I actually wonder, is he not picking up at least some of the things that are mm. said here? The the captives are being freed. Yeah, you know. So I think what it's doing is it's saying, yes, Isaiah was the one that was bringing this deliverance and was telling them about it and all that. But that's only a small picture of Messiah who's coming that's gonna gonna be the actual further fulfillment or the, the yeah. outworking of it. Yeah. So so I'm not sure that we have to say one or the other. I actually yeah, yeah, think yeah. it starts with Isaiah. He's a picture of the remnant that's being obedient to God then. He's bringing deliverance, captives are being freed and all that. But then he's talking about a further deliverance or i mean i think jesus picks us up and talks about a yeah. further deliverance and yeah. jesus is the one that's going to actually be the outworking of all this you know yeah isaiah he, he to a little limited extent he released the captives you know he was telling yeah, them yeah. about belief in god and if yep. they did that they would be released yeah so so he was doing it to an extent but isaiah could only do that because he knew that an, a messiah was coming who would lay down his life that would actually bring the real true yeah. deliverance that's coming. Yeah. So I actually don't see them as necessarily being separate. I see them as Isaiah announcing it, Messiah being the outworking of it. Yeah. So I think they're in one sense they're together. Yeah, that's a good that's a good take. I like that. Yeah. So anyway, that's how I think it works. Yeah, that makes sense to me. <laughs> All right. I, I want to make sure you, you know that Jesus stopped when it got yeah. to the, the good stuff. Yeah, right. And then when the judgment comes, he stops. Yeah. Because, <laughs> but I want you to know all of that's entailed here. He's mm. talking about the great blessing that they're going to receive, the deliverance and all that. Yeah. But there's still that judgment that's coming on those wicked that yeah. don't believe it. Yeah. So I think he needs to make sure, um, Isaiah, he's got some amazing explanations of the glory that's coming. But equally clear, he's got the message of vengeance that's coming yeah. on those who rebel against God. Right. So, so right. I want to make sure it's not just a one side yeah, yeah. Uh, view. He's got it all here. Yeah. Okay. Verse three: To grant to those who mourn in Zion to give them a garland instead of ashes, uh, oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of the spirit of fa uh, fainting, and they will be called oaks of righteousness. So even after. Uh, he talked about the release of the captives and stuff like that, but he still talks about the vengeance. But then it goes on to bring restoration to Zion. So so all of this stuff is still, those who mourned in Zion are going to be uh, rejoicing. Uh, the oil of gladness is coming upon them. So you're going to get this total change of, even though it talks about the vengeance, it's vengeance on the wicked, mm. but for the for the righteous, it's going to be glory still. Yeah. Okay. The planting of the Lord that he may be glorified. So the planting of the Lord must refer to those, who, the oaks of righteousness. Hmm. So so being the remnant that are there, that are righteous, I think that's a picture of them. And then the planting of the Lord must refer to that remnant that's being planted in yeah. that place. 
Okay. Okay. And then it says, and they will rebuild the ancient ruins. So who's the they? It must be the planting. That remnant, that, yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, the remnant that God had yeah. created or, right. or, or planted. Yeah. Okay. They will raise up uh, the former devastations. They will repair the ruined cities, the devastation of many generations. Strangers will stand and pasture your flock. Foreigners will be your farmers and your vine dressers. They will also be called priests of the Lord. They will be spoken of as ministers of our God. So let me just stop there. Notice it's saying, not only are they going to be rebuilding all that the stuff that's been destroyed, now strangers and foreigners are going to be serving them. Yeah. So it's interesting. So so this picture of glorified Zion has even their enemies being subservient under them. Yeah. So I thought that's interesting. Hmm. And but but you will be called the priest uh, of the Lord. Remember, priests are the ones that are are the ones that are go betweens between yeah. God and other people. So I'm assuming these others that are working for Israel will be the ones that are being taught about Him through the priest. Oh, sure. That's who. If they're in the middle, yeah, between God, this, uh-huh. that's who would be. Yeah, they're kind of interceding for or yeah. whatever. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. You will eat the wealth of nations and their riches. You will boast. Instead of your shame, you will have a double portion. Double portions were usually given to the oldest son hmm. uh, to take care of the family. My yeah. understanding that they're receiving a double portion of glory yeah. that God's going to bring on them. Yeah. So, uh, and instead of humiliation, they will shout for joy over their portion. Therefore, they will possess a double portion of their land, uh, everlasting joy will be theirs. For I, the Lord, love justice. I, I hate robbery in the burnt offerings. Notice how he says that. I hate robbery in the burnt offerings. Yeah. I, I think that means ripping God off. Yeah, yeah. So, so I assume that means either you don't offer the sacrifices when oh, you're I supposed to, yeah, yeah, yeah. or when you offer them with the right, wrong ha- heart attitude, I assume yeah. God still feels like he's getting ripped off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. And I will faithfully give uh, them their recompense. I will make an everlasting covenant with them and their offspring will be known among the nations, their descendants in the midst of the people. All who see them will recognize them because they are the offspring whom the Lord has blessed. Hmm. So God's talking about, I believe it's this remnant that everybody's going to know about them because God's taking care of them. Yeah. Their connection with him. Yeah. All right. Now, remember, I told you we're going to run into those first persons again. Okay. All right. Look at verse 10. I will rejoice greatly in the Lord. Okay. So we know it can't be God because he's saying, oh, yeah. I'm going to rejoice greatly in the Lord. My soul will exalt in my God, for he has clothed me with garments of salvation. He has wrapped me with the robe of righteousness as a bridegroom decks out himself with a garland and as a bride adorns herself with jewels for as the earth brings forth its sprouts, as a garden causes the things to uh, sow into it spring up, the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring up before all the nations. So who's the me, who's the I, who's this first person again? This seems like it could be Israel or maybe that remnant. Remnant, because I think, it's, I think um, you got it. Yeah, because it's uh, that very last thing, you know, I will cause righteousness. Oh, no, the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise spring up before yeah. all nations. And yeah. for all nations thing, that seems to be where they're headed. Yeah. And that's the at, representative for all the nations. I think verse 10 helps actually helps us too, because mm. he just got done talking about how he's going to glorify the remnant in Zion. Yeah. And he has clothed me with garments of salvation. He has wrapped me with a robe of righteousness as a bridegroom uh, decks himself out with a garland. So I think he's saying, okay, just like I was uh, restoring Zion and all those people that are there mm. are going to be blessed, just like they said, because they are the offspring whom the Lord has blessed. Yeah. So here's that remnant living in Zion. And I think 
that this is them talking. So once again, could it be Isaiah? Well, yeah, because Isaiah is a picture, yeah, yeah. at least to some extent of that remnant. But when it gets to here, he has wrapped me in robes of righteousness and the bride, as a bridegroom decks out himself with a garland. I think that's going beyond. It's not just Isaiah because mm. God's blessed all of them. So yeah. I think Isaiah and the remnant that's that's behind him. Yeah. Which remember that goes all the way back to that verse uh, 21 in verse uh, chapter 59, where he says, I and your offspring who are behind yeah, you, yeah, yeah. And your offspring's offspring. Yeah. Well, I think it's talking about the same people. So here's yeah. Isaiah as a picture of that offspring that's gonna be glorified. Yeah. Okay. So that that's why I think he can talk about it in first person because it's Isaiah, but the ones that are behind him too, his offspring after yeah, him. Yeah, his line. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Yep. And now when we get to chapter 62, he's gonna do it again. Yeah. So look at here. For Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. And for Jerusalem's sake, I will not keep quiet until her righteousness goes forth like, forth like brightness and her salvation like a torch that is burning. Nations will see your righteousness, all kings your glory, and you will be called by a new name, which the mouth of the Lord will designate. So I, I read that far because I wanted you to know it's not God talking. Mm. So because when you get down oh, yeah, here, yeah. it's still talking now about third person, which yeah. the mouth of the Lord will designate. Yeah. So so God has talked about in the third person. So the I must be somebody else. So who's going to who's gonna uh, not keep silent for Zion um, and in, in Jerusalem I went, until her righteousness comes forth? Well, I think it's... Oh, go ahead. Who do you think? Well, that, that's kind of tricky because, I mean, I think you could connect it. If you connect it back to the previous section, it would probably be that remnant, right? Yeah. If it's about you know, before all nations, you know, kind of being this thing, that, yeah. would, that would be a natural outpouring of that, I think. Like, okay. that's how we're not gonna, that's how the other nations will know. I'm okay. not gonna be silent. I won't be quiet. Okay. Now I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna add one more little thing to that. Okay. Look at verse six. For okay. Your, for 62, six. Your, yes. For your walls of Jerusalem, I have appointed watchmen. All day mm. long, they will never keep silent. You who remind the Lord, take no rest for yourself. So it can't be the Lord. Yep. He who's appointing watchmen so that they're going to watch over Zion until God brings this restoration. Here's where I'm I'm starting to think Isaiah is more in the forefront. Yeah. So so I actually wonder if in both uh, 62 Isaiah is in in the forefront. He's the one that okay. uh, for Zion's sake he's not going to keep quiet. That's really important. That still makes sense. Well, in that effect it's fits, really yeah. important, right? Because yeah. if he kept quiet, none of this is going to ever Yeah happen or none of it's going to be explained to them. Yeah. So I actually think I, at this point, maybe Isaiah's in the forefront, but it's still talking about the remnant that comes behind him, I think. Yeah. But I think at this point, so when he when he appoints watchmen over the city, I actually think it's more Isaiah doing that because he's, his offspring are going to be the ones that are probably going to be this off, uh, this watchman. Oh, if I his see. offspring are the spiritual ones, yeah. then they're going to be the watchmen's that the watchmen that actually continue yeah. after him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's where I think, once again, they're combined. It's a little bit narrow though. Yeah, but I think at least that initially, it's more highlighting Isaiah, but I think it's also that the the people, the offspring that come after yeah. him that are gonna be these watchmen. Yeah. So it's that's why I think this is kind of interesting. Who's that first person? Yeah. And and, and it's, it's not always real clear. Yeah. But I think if we talk about Isaiah being the, beginning of it, mm -hmm. his offspring are going to be coming following from him. Then I think he can be the the first picture of it. And then all of them that come after him are going to continue on in his line. Yeah. And I think it's more a spiritual offspring because 
I don't believe everyone in Isaiah's yeah. line is going to be a believer. Right. But I believe everyone that's his spiritual offspring will be. Yeah. So does that make some sense? Yeah, it's very interesting. You know, and the, what's kind of cool about this, I think, is it's all in the text. Like yeah. you're kind of connecting things from different yeah. spots, but it does kind of fall together it, and work out. And I, and I got to let you say, it's hard. Sometimes yeah. you, you, and sometimes it's not real clear, but by the end of it, I yeah. think, oh yeah, that does make sense that it's that. Yeah. And when it talks about a bridegroom, okay, uh, here's uh, you know a, a bridegroom going to be decked out okay, those will be the righteous offspring that are coming that God's glorifying as they go. Yeah. So I do think it makes sense, but it's it's not real clear at first. It's not, but it <laughs> it is a good example of how you can kind of wrestle with the text. Yeah. And it, like, you're not going to beat it. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. you, you, you have to kind of dig through the parts that are confusing or not yeah. super clear, you know, the things that don't seem to make sense. And if you keep working at it, you'll start yeah. to see... The connections are yeah. they're there. It does make sense. One thing I did want to show you is that notice there's first persons all the way along here. Mm. So because a lot of times we go to chapter 61 and we know that that's quoted in the New Testament. So we, yeah. so we go, right, oh, that's the Messiah. Well, if you, right, if, right. You, if you go back through here, no, the first person has been talking about several times through here. Mm -hmm. And when you get to there, oh, it's not a whole lot different than what he'd talked about before. So yeah. I think it makes sense that you you see it as a whole so that you try to figure out, okay, what is it? Now, remember, I don't have a problem with it ultimately yeah. uh, working out to be Messiah, but I think yeah. initially it was Isaiah and that remnant that were actually doing that. And then it it here's this Messiah that now blows it out of the water, makes it yeah. so much greater than anything Isaiah or yeah. The, the priest, even the righteous it, remnant could have done. It does help, I think, to start there kind of, yeah. you know. Yeah. You can see how the whole thing is built. And yeah. then that that does inform how you can read Jesus yeah. reading this passage and saying yeah. this, you know. Yeah. Uh, um, I'm doing this in hermeneutics, so I can make it real clear. <laughs> I, I talk about meaning and then the significance that comes from it. Mm. So we're we're trying to figure out the meaning. But then when Jesus picks it up, that's a significance that that passage had for the New Testament people. Yeah, yeah. So, so it didn't change the meaning of what God had in the Old Testament, but it actually added a significance that those people would have never had any idea of. Yeah. So, so I want to make it real clear. I think that it has an, an initial meaning, yeah. makes perfect sense there, but then it's going to have multiple significances yeah. as it goes through history and yeah. as, as the New Testament picks it up. We may okay. need to change my intro then, huh? Uh, oh, what you going to call the it? the language, context, meaning, and significance. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. We'll see if I remember that for yeah, the yeah. next one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We got uh, a little further I want to show you. Yeah. Um, let me start at verse six, okay? Because mm -hmm. there we, it, we know it can't be God. Yeah. And yet look at verse seven. And he gave him no rest until he establishes and make Jerusalem a praise in the earth. So, so they're not giving God any rest until he does it. So these watchmen are are standing up for Israel to say, keep doing it. You promise, yeah. now do it. Yeah. Okay. The Lord has sworn by his right hand and by his strong arm. I don't know if I ever told you this, but I did a thesis when I was doing my THM and it was on God swearing. And when mm. he swears, he often swears by something in the context that that is highlighting the importance of it. Here he's, he's swearing mm. by his right hand and his strong arm. So his power is the thing that God's going to highlight that's yeah, yeah. going to bring this about. Yeah, okay. So so that's kind of neat. That's every, good, yeah. yeah. 
Okay. And I will never again give your grain. So now the I is God. Will never give your grain as food for your enemies, nor will the foreigners drink your new wine, which you have labored. See, now in the past, that had happened when they were mm-hmm. wicked. God allowed for that. So it's saying, yeah, they're not going to be wicked anymore. Yeah. This is going to be a righteous time when you don't yeah. have to worry about that. Yeah. But those who garner it will eat it and praise the Lord. And those who gather it will drink it in the courts of my sanctuary. He's saying, don't worry. Never will that kind of thing happen again. Yeah. Go through, go through the gates, clear the way for my people, build up, build up the highway, remove the stones, lift up a, a standard over the people. Behold, the Lord has proclaimed it to the end of the earth. Say to the daughter of Zion, lo, your salvation comes. Behold, his reward is with him and his recompense before him. And they will call them the holy people, the redeemed of the Lord, and you will be called sought out a city not forsaken. So here's like a climax again. So remember, it's it's kind of at the end of our section. Uh, chapter 60 to 62 was going to be Zion glorified. And now everybody that's in Zion is being praised for having that, yeah. having their connection with God. Yeah. Well, does that make sense? Yeah. We actually made it to the section that I wanted to get through. That's good. Yeah, we did. <laughs> so, yeah, and, and I think we have one more podcast to actually finish up and find out what God's going to now do with the rest of it. I, you're not going to be done after one more. <laughs> well, let's hope. <laughs> one, we'll do one more through the rest of this text. Yeah. <laughs> we'll try to get through. So let's see. Where are we going to end up? Okay. I'd like to get to the end chapter of the book, 66. Right? Yeah. Through 66. Yeah. And that gets us through Isaiah. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's good homework. So remember what we talked about today. So today yeah. was talking about what true repentance is. And then the God saw what was happening. So it sounds like they're getting it. Remember, mm-hmm. we have been like this. So it seemed like they're getting it. And then God stands up and says, and God saw what all they were doing. And he was displeased. So he brought his strong arm and yeah. his power to change it. Yeah. So it's kind of neat. And Very then, it, then yeah. we were talking about uh, Zion being glorified yeah. and those first person. So in that, the midst of that, it seems like we saw this Isaiah talking, but all the offspring behind him that yep. were his spiritual offspring are also included. Yeah. So I thought that's kind of neat. It's good. It's yeah. really good. For the, their assignment will be to read from chapter 33 all the way to the end. 33 to the end? Uh, 66. 63 63 to to the end. Sorry. Someone's (laughs) going to read 33 to the end. (laughs) There we go. And that's going to be great because they're just, they're going to know it even better now. That's right. (laughs) Okay. That sounds good. All right. Well, thank you for joining us again, Dr. Wagner and everyone who's listening. Come back next time for maybe, maybe the last episode (laughs) as we continue to study Isaiah. (laughs) 